Welcome to the Productivity Show, the Asian efficiency podcast dedicated to helping you make the most of your time, attention, energy, and focus. My name is Tan. I'm the founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency. And as you can hear, I'm taking over today from Mike, who is enjoying some time off with his family. The guys have just been secretly producing way too much amazing online course materials lately. So I told him to uh, take some time off. Let me run this week's episode, which is all about how to work smarter and more effectively with Evernote. If you've been using Evernote, you know how useful and powerful this app is, but you might feel like you're underutilizing it. On this special Evernote episode, I've invited an Evernote expert. My friend Charles Bird is a certified Evernote consultant, and he's a Silicon Valley veteran. He's used Evernote for more years than I have, and he actually coaches and teaches entrepreneurs on how they should use Evernote to manage their lives and businesses. Don't forget, you can find the links to everything that we discuss in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 141. And now, on with the show. Charles, my man, it's good to have you here on the Productivity Show. How are you today? Doing well, Tan. How about yourself? Man, I just got back from lunch. So I'm a little bit stuffed right now. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about Evernote because that's what we're going to be talking about today on this episode. Now, you're an Evernote expert and uh, you and I got connected a while back. You're a certified Evernote consultant. You're a geek when it comes to Evernote. Do you want to share a little bit of your backstory of how you got started with Evernote and how you found out about us and how we got connected and all that? You bet. So uh, I started in the Silicon Valley um, working for a software company. Basically, I was managing 12 enterprise level projects at the same time. And uh, I remember the executive staff who I presented to regularly, they um, they asked me to throw together a presentation in very short order. And I knew I had all the pieces, but I couldn't put my finger on them. So I was sitting in a in an office kind of sweating bullets, thinking to myself, I have to come up with a solution that lets me put my finger on anything I need quickly so I don't have to stress in situations like this. And I'd played with Evernote because it had all this buzz and people were like, you can run your business off it. Then I'm like, well, it makes notes. Yay. How are you going to use that? Um, but that specific rather stressful moment made me think I have to come up with a solution to manage high volumes of information and be able to access it very quickly. And so that's, that's when I made the decision. I'm going to, I'm going to learn this app and I'm going to be productive with it. And, um, that's exactly what happened. So yeah, as far as, uh, following Asian efficiency, uh, I have to say you guys were one of the first people I ever followed online. Like, um, because your your message just resonated so well with the way my brain works and my uh, curiosity for tools and optimizing and workflows, and especially because of the work I was doing at the time, that is necessary to be successful at that. And I I love the content you put out, and um, I've been a big fan for a very long time. So it's an honor to be on your show. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. I'm glad we have you here because, first of all, you just know so much about Evernote. And we are big Evernote users here at Asian Efficiency. Most team members use Evernote. We always recommend it because it's such a powerful app. And it's 
kind of rare to find other people who are really good at Evernote because, first of all, Evernote just has so many features. It's kind of like Microsoft Word. It has so many features you just don't know about or you just cloud it by. And, um, and there are very few people who actually know how to use the app properly. You know, I have another friend, Brett Kelly, who knows a lot about that stuff, and Stacey Harmon, who was on a previous episode. I believe TPS 96, where she talked about how she uses Evernote to set up sort of her life dashboard and put stuff in there and live file-free, as she calls it. Uh, but I find that you have a different take on it because... You have you have more of an engineering mind, in my opinion, where you like have that kind of approach to Evernote. So I'm really curious, you know, as we dive deeper in, in today's topic, um, how you set up Evernote and how you use it. But you know, I remember a while back I saw a picture of you and the CEO of Evernote. Can you talk a little bit about how you got involved in that and how you got started with like just being certified and then meeting the CEO of Evernote? Yeah. So um, when I left the Silicon Valley and decided to start my own company, um, I got into the online education space and I was listing out the different things I could teach on. And basically the the top of the list was Evernote because I was just reflecting on what has helped me the most of being productive, um, both professionally and personally. And since that was at the top and I have a, a very sweet system that's been field tested for for years and and very optimized i was like i want to share this with people to save them the headaches um that you know come with not being able to find things when you need them and so once i created a, a course on it i was invited by um evernote to join their certification program and um so i i jumped at that opportunity and uh am an Evernote certified consultant. And they invited, uh, just recently, they had an event on their campus with their executive team and the CEO, and they invited me and other certified consultants and some members of the local public to come to an event. And so I got to meet the CEO. And uh, it was kind of fun because not only getting to meet him, which is fun in itself, but I told him, I built this course and um, through marketing online, we've reached over 500,000 people in the last five months uh, with the message of Evernote and his jaw dropped. He was just like, oh my goodness. He, he was, uh, it, was, it was fun um, surprising him that way. And then I also have him on camera um, talking about, uh, we use the term kill the chaos a lot in our message kill the chaos of information overload and i got him on camera uh saying that as well so that would be fun when we um launch that next wave but yeah just just meeting him and the team they're they're so supportive and dedicated to um their principles which include you own your information they're very into privacy and they're very into optimizing people's lives and you can just feel it that they're uh, passionate about those as am I so those principles so uh, meeting him was great and and the whole team and um, yeah I, I'm just I feel fortunate to be in a position to spread the message of how people can get organized using Evernote. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the word privacy because that's a big concern I've seen a lot of our dojo members have um, so we have a private forum in the dojo where people can talk about all sorts of stuff. And one of the big topics was privacy. And I don't know, I don't know how familiar you are with their privacy policy, um, but 
there were so many people in there who were so concerned about, you know, when I put myself in there, is it publicly available or do they have access to it or what's, what's going on there? And it's a big, big, big topic that we have there on the forum. And, and to be honest, I haven't read the privacy policy, so I don't know 100% what it is. I can't really authoritatively speak to it. But I'm curious to hear, like, what is your take on the privacy policy? Should people be worried about putting stuff into Evernote? Okay, so I, I have studied up on this, and I, I speak and teach all around the U.S. and Canada, so I get these questions all the time. So basically, from a privacy perspective, unlike other companies such as Google, who Evernote's good friends with, with those guys, but Evernote does not go through your information whatsoever for marketing purposes or, or any other purpose. So if you type a search term in your local tool, all it's doing is looking within your own uh, Evernote data set. So there's there's nothing cloud sourced or uh, basically privacy is one of the key pinnacles of their business model and their basically principles they're running the, the company from. Um, that gets into the security side of things. So I'll mention any data transfer between like your phone and your Mac, which goes through their servers, anything like that. Um, It's 256-bit encrypted. Their employees do not have access to the data. Um, The only time they would look at your data is if you gave them permission, like you said, I'm having problems with this specific note and you've contacted their support and you give them permission to look at that note, then that's the only time they'd have access to it. So they absolutely take privacy very seriously. And I trust their system completely myself. Everyone needs to make their own personal judgment for what they put online or share online. Um, but I I put basically everything in there because it's a secure system. Um, you can even have two-factor authentication where you have a password and you're texted a PIN if you're dealing with highly sensitive information or have concerns. That's enterprise-level security. Um, and their data centers are secure and so forth. So I trust the system. I always tell people to use their own judgment, do what they feel comfortable doing, but I'm a huge advocate and I live and breathe it and put uh, all kinds of information in there, personal and uh, otherwise. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much the same way. I have like a copy of my passport in there, my driver's license, uh, my social security, not so much because I just know that digit in my head, <laughs> but everything else is pretty much in there. Like if somebody hacked into my accounts, they would have access to a lot of stuff. But like you said, I have two-factor authentication set up. It's pretty secure in that sense. Like I'm pretty cautious about security. Um, and so I do have two-factor authentication for pretty much everything set up up to the point where when I was in Tokyo a couple of weeks ago, uh, people on the team couldn't even renew a domain name because two-factor authentication was only connected to my cell phone number. Like that's just the extreme level where I go to. But uh, that's good to hear. I'm glad you shared that because we just have so many people in our community, especially in the dojo, like lawyers, uh, people who work in the medical industry, uh, people who work with clients and they share sensitive information. They're always concerned, okay, can I put stuff in there? And from my point of view, it's completely safe. I've never had any personal issues. 
Uh, all the Evernote experts I've talked to, they all say like, yes, it's completely safe. You can put it in there and it's not being used for marketing purposes. So the only barrier I can see that some people might have is saying their their thought process is along the lines of, well, you know, it's it's in the cloud. It's not on my own server. So I don't know 100%. And if, you, if you're that person, then, you know, I totally get it. And if you want to host something yourself, I totally get that. Then, you know, s- solutions like, um, you know, DevonThink might be better for you. If you're okay with putting stuff in the cloud, I think Evernote is, is a superior product. Yeah, and I'll mention you can create notebooks within Evernote and designate them not to sync, which means all the information is lo- local to that machine. So you can still use Evernote. The downside to that, of course, is uh, it doesn't sync between your other devices, which is one of the massive benefits of Evernote is everywhere you go, you have every piece of information with you. I didn't even know that. How do you how do you set that up? It's just just a so, right click on a notebook or something? Yes, exactly. And you can set it up not to sync. Now, it, it's got downsides to it because it loses a chunk of its functionality. But for, for certain things, if if you want certain content to share and other content, well, share is the wrong word, but sync, um, you, you have a path to do it as well. So some some people working in highly secure corporate areas that their security teams don't want things to sync, you can still use it and not have it sync. Uh, I did not know that. That, I think, would solve a lot of problems for a lot of people because they still want to use Evernote but then keep it locally. So this could be a good solution for them then. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool. Well, that's the first tip. I know you have a lot more. (laughs) So I'm glad uh, we got that question out of the way because that's just a hot topic that we have. You know, one of, the, one of the things I really want to ask you on behalf of other Evernote users that we have in our community is I see a lot of Evernote users do things a certain way that just makes my head explode. And I just think, <laughs> please don't do this. Um, but I'm really curious to hear, and I'll share mine in a little bit, but I'm really curious to hear what's like a really common mistake that you see people make. People who are new to Evernote, they just download it or they've been using it for a little bit, but it just... They make that same mistake over and over and over again. I'm really curious to see and hear from you because you've worked with so many entrepreneurs, so many people. You've reached hundreds of thousands of people teaching them how to use Evernote. What's the like the one thing you see over and over and over again that you wish that they didn't do? Okay, well, there'd, there'd probably be a few things from, uh, we'll start with the most basic. And I will mention 92% of people have heard it in, heard of Evernote in your audience, it's even higher. Um, three fourths of them already have it. And then, uh, frequently I'll ask how many of you have it and know you could be making better use of it. And almost three fourths of the hands go up. Now you have a, a more advanced productivity minded audience, which I absolutely love. So that percentage is a little lower, but one of the common mistakes is getting it and then not regularly applying it. There's not a consistency to its use. And so the magic with, well, the way I see it is uh, we have three three legs of the milk stool. You have tools, workflows, and habits. So you might get Evernote, download it, create your account, and then put a few things in there, but you don't have a consistency to how and what you put in. And then also when you capture it, um, how you're organizing it or tagging it or which notebooks you're using. So a very common mistake is that 
inconsistency of what's going in. And frequently, and it's it's kind of no fault of of anybody's, but people will just dump stuff in there without any organization structure at all. They they've they're using it as a a repository for everything, but it's um it's haphazardly organized, meaning it's not organized. It's just collecting stuff. And actually you're you're better off than most people by simply collecting stuff, but through some very simple strategies for capturing it in an organized way and a more consistent way, that's when the power of the tool exponentially explodes because um, if you're capturing things consistently and um, tagging, which I'm sure we'll be chatting about, um, that is the power that enables you to put your finger on anything you need within five seconds. And things get pretty wild from there when it converts to time savings and uh, removing a layer of anxiety where you don't know if you can put your finger on something or not. It eliminates that and empowers you to be better at everything you're doing. Mm, Yeah. So what you're saying is the more you use it, the more you put stuff in there, the more powers and features you essentially unlock of Evernote. Yeah, it's it's basically the more you use it, but in a structured way, meaning when you capture something, you're tagging it right then. And also getting in the habit of just capturing your ideas right when they pop in your head for receipts handed to you, getting that in Evernote right then. Because the problem, one of the the pitfalls is inconsistency. So let's say some of the receipts you're putting in there and other ones you're not. So when you go looking for one, it's a little bit of roulette if it's in there or not, because that's that's a behavior trait. It's a ritual. It's a routine, a habit. Um, so that's one of the basic things we help nurture in our students is simply uh, listening for that little bell in your head that tells you, this is important. I might need it again. That's the trigger or the cue to capture it. And then while you're capturing it, just throw uh, an appropriate tag on there. And that's how you'll find it in in five seconds or less. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. What I see, this is actually one step before that, one step actually right at that bell that you just mentioned. (laughs) What, What I see people making a mistake of is that they have Evernote, but then they don't know where to store certain pieces of information. So for example, a lot of listeners will have something like a task manager, like OmniFocus. Mm-hmm. Then they have something like Evernote where they store notes. But then they might also have, you know, something like NVAlt on their on their Mac where they quickly write down notes. They might also use like like a text file where they store stuff. And so they have all these different vaults or inboxes. And so whenever they think about something and they think, okay, where do I put this? They get this analysis paralysis of like, where do I put stuff now? And so what I see a lot, especially in our community, is that people don't know where to put certain pieces of information. And so for me, it's relatively simple. I only have like three inboxes really. So on the Mac, I have OmniFocus. So if I know if it's a task, if it's something doable, then I put it in OmniFocus. Just straight away, boom, it's in there. If it's just something I want to remember, then I just put it into Evernote. Just like open up a new note, write it down real quickly, and just put it in there and just a piece of information. So this could be like a phone number. This could be like, oh, this is really smart. I should do this. Or this is really smart. Maybe it doesn't apply right now, but I should do this later. 
like for example, a certain concept or a certain idea, when people can make that distinction of is this a task or is this just a piece of piece of information, then it's really easy to know where to put something. But I find that most people just don't know what that distinction is. And so then they put it all over the place. And then because of that, then they don't use Evernote or don't use it to the full capacity. And then it leads to other you know frustrations and challenges. I think that's a, a very astute observation um, that can be a bottleneck unless there's a system in place that you just know inside and out and it just becomes inherent or in, innate in the way you're thinking and managing information. And you raise an excellent point because there's so many different apps and tools and resources at our disposal that uh, it can be very tricky where you're like, wait, where do I put this particular piece of info versus that particular piece of info? So I like how you mentioned you only have those three inboxes. And uh, here's my default approach to it. In general, Evernote is the go-to for almost everything. So if I'm sitting down with a client or a student for a meeting, I'll take those notes in Evernote uh, and I'll tag it with the person's name. I'll tag it with the word notes and then whatever the, the subjects are that we're uh, speaking about. And when there's an action in my note-taking, I'll capture it right there. If there's an idea, anything like that. It's all in one place. Then when I hang up, I'll take the specific actions and cut and paste those into my task management tool, which is Todoist. And in the notes of uh, the task, I'll put a link back to the Evernote note that gives it far more context. But like you were talking about a phone number, I'll put that in Evernote and I'll add the tag contact info and the person's name. And anything like that, like an idea that you come up with, by the way, here's here's a pro tip. If you come up with an idea, write it down right then because you'll think that was such a great idea. I'll remember it two hours from now. You probably won't. Write it down <laughs> right then and tag it with idea. Very straightforward. In fact, t- tags can uh, initially feel like, oh, what's the tagging system? It's actually just a, a basic analysis of what is this? If it's a phone number, you could even use the tag phone number. Um and you talked about having your passport in Evernote. Guess what tag my passport is under? It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> passport. You know, you, you can just, is this a receipt? How about that for a tag? So tags actually don't have to be complicated at all. You just say, what is this? And then tag it as that. And um, so choosing the tool, by default, Evernote is the tool. And then is it uh, is part of our workflow to a task management system or with our teams with Asana or anything like that. Even um, I use a mind mapping tool called The Brain I think you're familiar with. And I'll have uh, I'll have hierarchies and this and that in a tool like that. But for the deeper dive info, it's a link back to a note in Evernote. These are how you can get a beautiful workflow between multiple systems. Ooh, I want to I wanna dive deeper into that before we get into the whole tagging debate because I'm really <laughs> interested to talk about that as well. But what, what's your workflow when it comes to like the brain, mind mapping, Evernote, task management? Because that's the geeky stuff that we like to geek out on. <laughs> I love it too. I love it too. Um, so again, the foundation of everything is Evernote. If I had to strip out all the other tools, Evernote would be 
the one on top. But since we're not in a constrained world, we have access to these other tools. So uh, I gave a brief example of how in any type of meeting or anytime there's uh, notes along with tasks, I'll, I'll capture it in Evernote and uh, track the individual tasks in, in a task management system, frequently linking back to the note that gives it more context. So that's how I use it with task management systems with the brain, even the free version of the brain, you can, the paid version, you can add attachments and this and that in the free version, you can add web attachments like URLs. And so the cool thing is, let's say you're mapping out this beautiful hierarchy in the brain of, of your business, or I use it a lot because um, I'm meeting people and introducing people every day of my life. And I track every introduction, who and where they came from, what their specialty areas are, um, skill sets. And so I track that in the brain. But if I have more info on a person, I'll simply make an Evernote internal link, which is uh, control option command C. It's very simple to uh, press. And then in the brain, you can paste that link in. So you've got all these beautiful relationships for how your business works or people relationships or whatever you're mapping, but you can take that back into Evernote where the content is. And the reason that's so amazing is then you have that everywhere you go with your mobile device, the, the core contents in Evernote to start with, yet you can have the benefit of a relationship-based hierarchy using a tool like the brain. Oh, yeah. I like I'm a big fan of like copying the note link and then integrating different apps with that because it just makes organization so much easier. So uh, one of the things that we teach in our courses and also have talked about on the blog is uh, not only using the copy note link feature, but if you hold, I believe it's option and then right click on it, it shows you copy the local uh, version of it. Yeah, that that. That shortcut was the local version and for a public link, meaning you could share it in someone outside of your Evernote account or company, it's um, command forward slash. And that makes a public link, which I use almost every day of my life as well, uh, working with partners or teams or students where you can collect info in a note for them or access to copywriting or, or anything like that research and share it with anyone, whether they use Evernote or not. Which mm -hmm. is killer. I was just on um, a woman's podcast who lives in uh, New Zealand, and we shared info back and forth using Evernote. And um, it was just really cool. I, I always love seeing things in action, the the way where you're optimizing how it's used, just tapping into the features sitting right in front of us. So I'm really curious to hear about how you set up this workflow to work for you. So you mentioned you use Todoist, you use the brain and then Evernote together. So let's say uh, you're working or you're starting a new project. Let's say, uh, you know, how we hung out in San Diego. You know, I'm sure there's a big thing that you set up, you know, you're brainstorming like, okay, uh, we met at a conference. We're going to go to a conference. I'm going to meet these people. Here's an action plan. Like how does that sort of process look like? Do you start in Evernote just outlining things and then, or do you start in the brain and start mind mapping stuff and then linking it to Evernote for more info and then translating that into Todoist? Or how does that sort of process look like when you start a new project or an yeah, idea? Yeah, uh, great question. And um, I, I would say it depends on the project. But for, for like the live event we put on, um, it was a, a month ago, where we had 
probably 17 people come to a workshop and mastermind that I put on to, to plan something like that. The process is as follows. Create new note. Um, I have a tag called working space and also planning. So this is just where you're initially getting your ideas out. Like what's this event going to be? What do we want to do? Who's going to be involved? What locations are we looking at? And it's called working space. Cause it's a, it's like draft one of, of getting an idea into the world. And so from there, what I'll do, and I teach this in my course, I love this concept and it's making a note. Let's, let's say that's been refined a little bit. We've had a few team meetings and so forth. I'll make something called a master note where it is the go-to note on a particular project uh, or topic. And let, let's use a live event for an example. Um, there's many elements to making a successful live event. There's the marketing, there's the location, there's the planning. So let's say you're doing location research for a live event you're putting on. Um, you could have a master note where you have those lines like event research, um, finding a caterer, this or that, but those link to other notes where you actually do the research on different locations. So you can kind of make this interconnected wiki kind of situation with interlinking notes, but one master place you can go to to get everything. Um, so my workflow certainly involves what I just mentioned. And then like for the for the live event, we're also meeting with a lot of different partners. Um, so all in the brain, I'd create the name of the uh, bigger event we were all at and then kind of uh, list all the different people I was meeting with, interviewing, uh, lining up, uh, trainings or promotions with. And um, then I've, I'd have this beautiful visual array through the brain of that, who's who's been booked, who's, uh, you know, we're still coordinating with. And frequently those will link back to different Evernote notes uh, of the conversations with the partners. So that's how you can create a new project, start a plan, start refining it, create a master note. And then if you need a kind of visual relationship hierarchy uh, tool, um, snap the two together as, as simple as creating a few links. Wow, that is awesome. So then I can already see if I just think a couple steps ahead, if you work with a team and you put it in something like Todoist or even Asana or in our case like Jira, you can then start copying the notes to Evernote for more info, but then just detail the task in your task management system or collaboration platform. Absolutely. And and things uh, evolve further. You're right, working with a team because uh, we, we use Evernote business through the the business side of it, which most people may not need. But if you have a team and uh, you're working with contractors, employees, vendors, um, you can have a company-based account where you're accessing the same content and manage who has access to what through notebook permissions. And that's exactly how we do it. We use Asana, we use Evernote, and we just intertwine the two. We use Slack. And uh, so we have automations or a new Evernote Note is created, it will ping a Slack channel. Like there's so many beautiful ways to uh, integrate these tools. And how does that integration work? Is it done through Evernote itself natively or Zapier or how's that, how does that work? Yeah, Zapier is how uh, we're doing the one where every time a new Evernote uh, node is created on the business account, it will ping a channel. So you, you kind of have this 
workflow timeline of different notes that were created. We're always documenting our processes or if there's customer service uh, FAQs and workflows tracking each step of uh, anything that's a duplicatable process. We're tracking that in Evernote. And then um, if you want to see kind of what the latest happenings are, you can just take a peek at that Slack That's channel. awesome. That's awesome. This is why we love you, Charles. This is why <laughs> th this type of geekery workflow and system is so amazing because uh, we actually do something very similar. So we use, we are pretty much bought into the whole Atlassian suite. So we use HipChats, we use Confluence, and then we use Jira. So if you think about, if you had to translate it, it would be something like Jira is like Todoist or, or OmniFocus. Uh, HipChat is just like Slack and Confluence is kind of like Evernote. It's just a little bit more enterprise-y kind of thing and it basically function as a wiki for us. And what's great about it is that because it's created by the same company, it all integrates together nicely as well. So if something gets created in Confluence, it will ping a certain you know room in HipChat. If a certain document gets updated, it will, certain, it will certainly ping certain people in certain rooms. Um, so that tight integration I just find so powerful because like you said like earlier like the five second rule you should be able to find anything within five seconds and by having that type of integration in place and making it all work nicely together man it's just so much more powerful it's so much more efficient and there's just less friction because the as you know the more friction there is up front the less likely you're going to do it so the more you can remove that the better that's critical. And yeah, I'm I'm also an Atlassian fan. I've uh, been to their offices in San Francisco and actually met with some of their executive teams, but they, they've got a cool thing going on. Uh, yeah, I think natively integrated suite like Atlassian provides, that's that's great. I'm I've I've been exposed to Confluence and their their other tools. Uh, the neat thing is you can use tools that don't have native integrations, but still make them feel that way simply by using the internal links, which again, I use them every day and highly recommend them because you can take tools that have no formal communication between them and make them behave as though they're they're one. So it's a, it's a really awesome way to go. I agree. And that's why I think the Apple ecosystem is so powerful because for example, if I copy a note link, like the, the local note link in Evernote into OmniFocus and add that as a uh, description. Anytime on my, even if I, so if I did that on the desktop, but then I open OmniFocus on my iPhone and I click or tap on that Evernote link, it will open the native Evernote app on my iPhone pointing directly to the note. So even though those two apps are you know completely separate, completely created by different companies, they work natively so well because of the callback links and all that stuff. So uh, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's awesome. I play with that stuff too. And it's it always, it's very satisfying when you click a link and it's opening in the native app. Um, just makes them feel like they're all part of the same ecosystem, which in a way they are. <laughs> so you mentioned your course. I know you have an Evernote course. And uh, if you're loving this content so far, guys, we actually are going to do some live training together. So Charles and I are hosting this live training events. And uh, we're going to teach you more about Evernote. We're going to dive deeper into it. So uh, I was going to wait till all the way till the end, but I'm just so excited about this because if you're loving this, you're going to love this live training. So if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash Evernote and sign up there, 
uh, you'll be signed up for the live training we're going to be doing together and that uh, you won't want to miss this because we're going to dive deeper into this stuff. Uh, we're going to show you visually how to set it up and use it and all sorts of goodies. So definitely sign up there. But Charles, I want to get back to the tags thing because I know you're a tag user. I'm actually not a tag user. I'm a notebook guy. And uh, anytime I have discussions with people about Evernote, I ask them, are you a tagger? Yes or no? (laughs) If they say yes, I'm like, okay, I don't know if we can be friends now. (laughs) But um, I know you're a big tagger. And one of the things I liked about you and your approach is you actually use tags very efficiently. And, you know, maybe it's just like a, a horror experience that I've had in the past when it comes to tags, why I don't use them anymore. But uh, I'm a big notebook guy. I like to organize things by notebooks. I like to keep it flat, so I don't use a lot of stacks. I just like to keep it one-dimensional. So I like to organize things by notebooks. And I think that's also a reflection of how I organize, for example, my hard drive. It's very organized by folder. I'm glad but you so, mentioned that because uh, when I when you're done asking the question, uh, I want to get back to that point. <laughs> okay. So I know you're a tagger. So convince me or... Let's share with the listeners why you think tagging is so powerful and why you use it and how you use it to the best ability. Okay, so here we go. Most people, when they start with Evernote, they start making notes and then they figure out they've got a bunch of notes and they're like, oh, I should organize this, which is a good idea. And uh, the default people go to are notebooks. And the reason is when we were in school, we had different notebooks for different subjects. When we got our first job, or started our first companies. We had different clients or projects, and we had different notebooks for that too. But I'll give you uh, some some what I would think are pretty solid reasons why tags give you an upper hand. Um, And there's certainly scenarios where notebooks um, would be a better choice. And the cool thing is you're not constrained by one or the other. You can use them in combination. Uh, So if I make a note, let's let's use you and I having a meeting, for example, and we're talking about productivity and we're talking about maybe a product launch and uh, we're talking about a training. If you're using the, I'll call it the notebook paradigm, you can only put a note into one notebook. So it's limiting you to one specific notebook you can put that in. So if you and I are meeting, I can put it in the TAN notebook. I can put it in the education notebook, the product launch notebook for talking about Evernote, the Evernote notebook. Which one do I put it in? I only have one choice. But with tags, I can put as many tags on a note as I feel is appropriate from one to as many as you want. And I sort of feel from a structure standpoint evernote's more designed for tags and what i mean by that clearly they have both is you can only have up to 200 notebooks but you can have a hundred thousand tags it's engineered for heavy tag use and so the cool thing is the the way i teach evernote i have 90 percent of my notes which mind you is twenty-seven thousand notes they're all in the same notebook because I can use tags. You can almost think of tags as notebooks, except you can now magically put a note into as many notebooks as you want. Now, those notebooks are actually tags. Um, So depending on what we're talking about, if I'm meeting with someone, I will put their name as a tag. I'll put the word notes as a tag. And then whatever the subjects are, 
online training or whatever we're talking about, product launches. And so without even going to the notes search window, just within the main notes area, at the very top of the list of notes, there's a little icon that looks like a tag. And you can simply click in there and type. If I was looking for a receipt, I just start typing receipts. It comes up. I hit enter. Then I can click there again and then start typing a name of a particular business. And it just refines down the list immediately. And I haven't had to look through any notebooks. In fact, I was at an event and a woman who's very proficient with Evernote, she was using a, ta- uh, a notebook system and she was good at it. She knew how to use it. But we we played a little game. We both had flown to Banff, Canada for this small uh, entrepreneur conference. And I said, let's time each other on how long it takes to find our flight itinerary to get home. So I hit the clock on her and she's got a great system. Her stuff was in there. And I believe it took her something like 52 seconds to dig through the notebooks and she got it. And I said, cool, watch this. Search for the tag travel and the city name Banff. I had it in five seconds. So that's why I feel um, tags, I'll say always win, but really, I mean, usually win. Um, Notebooks have their place too, because when you're sharing content with third parties or employees uh, or vendors, notebooks are how you control who has access to what. So there's still always room for, for notebooks. And especially if you're using the Evernote business, that's actually made me start re-engineering a new method for business because it does require notebooks for kind of segmentation of who has access to information. But from a personal user standpoint, tags win every time. And here's the circle back to your talk about uh, how you organize files on your hard drive. You and I are both Mac users. Uh, A few OSs back, they added tags for managing files. So you can do the same the same skill set that you learn to use tags with Evernote, you can use to find files on your hard drive. So I just have a flat structure. There's a few folders in there, of course. But in general, if I want to find any video assets for promotion, I just go to search and type tag colon video or tag colon asset or tag colon Asian efficiency. And bam, anything related to that is in front of me. And I just typed a few characters. Okay. I'm almost convinced. <laughs> I really like that system. Here's a couple of things that come through my mind and some of the like high fact finding things that just pop in my head. So sure. let's say I want to find a receipt. Right now it's 2017. Let's say I want to find a receipt that is in 2014. Let's say I, I had it all the way back there. How would you then search for it? Because... Are you, are, are you like tagging every receipt as like the year that you put it in? Or like if you scan it with a picture, like how would you find something like that very quickly? I actually have a fun story about a receipt, but I'll answer your question first. I'll, I'll say it like this. It, it kind of depends. In general, I'll just tag it receipt and I'll tag it with the store name because um, in general, that's enough. Like any particular store, I'm not going to have maybe Amazon's uh, an exception since that gets... Uh, <laughs> quite a bit of use for so yeah for for something like home depot i'll just put receipt and um home depot as the two tags but if it's something you're gonna have a sprawling list uh then i would recommend adding the year in there's there's a a story you you might have heard me say this but i i have a killer receipt story and it involves 
a recliner in my house that a bolt fell out. And when I'd sit on the thing, you'd fall out the side. It was not very relaxing. So I called the store that I bought the furniture from and I asked for a repair person. And they said, no problem. One will be out tomorrow. So I'm thinking, cool, this is working out pretty good. And uh, I live near the country. So I was walking my dog, Lucy, the two-year-old Labradoodle. And there's uh, vineyards to the left and sheep grazing to the right. And the phone rings and it's the repair person. And he says, I'm an hour. I can be there in an hour, but I can only come out if you give me the original invoice number from the receipt from seven years ago. And my jaw drops. I'm like, who the who who on earth would have this? If I was at home, where would I even look for it? But I'm hanging out with a dog and sheep. How? And then I'm like, hold, please. Launch Evernote. Search for the tag receipt. Search for the tag name of the store. The original receipt from seven years ago comes up on my screen. I read him the number and he comes out and fixes the chair. I love that story because that's some random stuff. Who's going to have that? Not most people. But if you have a a habit and a system for, I got a receipt, I'm snapping a picture, I'm tagging it, 2014 receipt. Uh, That's precisely how I would find it. And if, if you were doing like, a ridiculous number of transactions, maybe in a business scenario at a certain store, you could even tag it with the month or or something that just lets you pinpoint down a little more. But yeah, th- that's how I would tackle uh, a receipt. Mm. Yeah, and especially with Evernote, since it has really powerful search functions and operators, you can even get geekier if you wanted to. But uh, that's that's a whole different ball game, and its own Pandora's box. <laughs> but, it sure is. Uh, since you are the tag master here, and I know this is something you cover in your Evernote course, but uh, what are some of the tags that you use or that you would recommend to others to start using and that you just find going back to over and over and over again? Sure. Um, and it does become, I can assure you, it becomes a, a second nature type of uh, endeavor. Like um, I remember when I first started using tags, I, I was concerned about getting too many tags and I wanted to leave it like a very clean list, maybe 12 tags, maybe 20 tags. We don't want this getting out of control. And then I figured out that actually wasn't serving me. When when you're saving something, you want any particular trigger that that you uh, can retrieve it with. So the whole point is to give it more context. So common ones you'll use. To me, it really, in a way, it, it's very simple. It's It's a common sense based approach to it by you're just analyzing what what it is you're putting in there. So if you're putting a receipt in, a very easy thing to put on there as a tag would be receipt, the store name. Um, we, we talked briefly about um, the passport scenario. How many notes are you going to have under the passport tag? Maybe one, maybe for other family members. It's It's not like it needs a lot of use. You just need to be able to get to it. So I would recommend that people not be afraid of too many tags. You just want to use logical names. So if you bought something at a particular store, use that store name and uh, as one tag and then receipt for another. For another, What would be a terrible tag is re- uh, Costco receipt for January 25. That's a horrible tag. But um, Costco and receipt would be a great tag or um, book research. I, I just say, look at what it's about. If if your iPhone screen broke and you were researching places 
you could add the tag research and another tag iPhone. So, you know, meeting with a person, put their name as one tag. So if you're meeting with someone all the time, you'll end up with notes collecting under that. And even if you met someone once, it's it's not hurting you to have a tag sitting there that doesn't get a lot of use. In fact, like I mentioned, I barely ever even go to the tags window of Evernote. I do it all from the main notes uh, area using the little tag icon drop down for, for searching. So yeah, that's a, a little input on, related to the strategy I use to apply tags. That's interesting because then you don't actually have any overhead or maintenance when it comes to tags because you have a somewhat of a good standard in terms of from what I can interpret as long as you use one or two words at most that kind of identify it that's all you really need so like you mentioned receipt travel passport like these are all one word right so that makes it easier to find stuff but if you get really descriptive saying something like uh, let's say you have a tag called receipt for Home Depot in San Francisco. Well, you know, that's a little too, like being descriptive is a good thing, except for tax, because you just want to use one or two words. Yeah. So in that scenario, you'd have, in fact, I do this a lot on trips. So the same scenario as a store in San Francisco, you, you could use the city name, receipt, the store name. So on a trip, I, I travel all over the place. And so I'll use tags like if I book a flight, and then I get the confirmation, I'll tag it with travel, flight, and then I always make a master note for trips so that um, like if I'm going to Toronto or New Orleans or Austin or wherever, I'll, I'll tag it with Austin, travel, and then in that master note, there's links to the flight info, to the Airbnb, to um, the people I'm meeting with or the talking points for an audience I'm speaking to. It's it's all at my fingertips and I'm not hunting for anything because um, I'm, I'm using tags in a way where I can find anything related to that particular trip, uh, A, through the master note, or B, just by typing Austin. I can pull up anything related to something I'm doing in Austin. Ah, okay. I, I Okay. I'm starting to see a lot more opportunities unlocking in my own brain now. So I'm going to have to s- sit down and rethink my uh, Evernote strategy. <laughs> now. So <laughs> I appreciate that. You bet. So really random question. Do you have an executive assistant helping you out with stuff or does she help you with Evernote? I sure do. I've got a, a team that's actually grown just uh, since the end of last year. Um, yeah, actually we've been hiring at a, about one person a month. I'm not sure we'll do that indefinitely, but uh, yeah. So I've I've needed to adapt the system for working with a team and we absolutely use Evernote as part of our everyday workflow because we're training thousands of people a month and um, basically to organize the different trainings and the different promotions, Evernote is an integral part of the workflow and how we um, collect info, how we share it with our partners, how we share content with students. And so we actually document the workflows. These are things that we just do every day. It's kind of develop a workflow and then make it a cookie cutter process. And uh, Evernote can be very powerful for team collaboration. Yeah, I'm glad I asked you that because we have a future podcast episode coming out on how to use executive assistance. And part of that 
is uh, working with Evernote and calendars and all that stuff. So I'm glad you're using it. And like you said, I had to adapt my system a little bit as well as soon as I started using my executive system to help out with stuff. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to dive deeper into that in another episode. But uh, the final question I want to ask you before we uh, wrap things up is, um, as you know, one of the strengths I think Evernote has, in my opinion, just across from all the note-taking apps that are out there is that it's pretty well integrated with other apps. A lot of other apps, in the, especially in the Apple ecosystem, they support Evernote. They have features that allow you to quickly save into Evernote. Like I mentioned earlier, you can copy a note link and put it into OmniFocus and then will natively open and stuff like that. But also uh, in my email client, Postbox, you just have like a button in the toolbar that just says save to Evernote. And if I click on that, it just goes straight into Evernote and I have an email saved in there. So I use this a lot for uh, newsletters that I read or emails that are just jam-packed with information like most Asian efficiency newsletters, <laughs> if I could toot my own horn for a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I just love the fact that all those apps are just supporting Evernote, integrating it. Um, so I'm really curious to hear what you do, what kind of apps you use that you use in conjunction with Evernote. Because one of the things we talk about at Asian Efficiency all the time is just like, if you choose an app, make sure you pick an app that is supported by other apps in your ecosystem so that they can work together. Because if you have different apps that don't talk to each other, you end up with a lot of data isolation, as we call it. It's just like places and different things and information is all over the place. And if they don't talk to each other, it's just really inefficient. So if you can have your email client working together with your task manager, you can have your emails you know, related to tasks. Same thing with reference notes in Evernote and so on. So that's why we always recommend that you use certain email clients with certain note-taking apps that you use with the task manager. Um, and you kind of have that system already set up with Todoist and Evernote and the brain. Uh, but I'm curious to hear, are there any other apps that you use that integrate well with Evernote? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it, especially related to email, which we we still all spend plenty of time with email. I use an email app called Newton, which I'm a big fan of. It's very clean. Um, it's just kind of a, a pleasure to use because it's designed beautifully. But one of the, the most amazing things about it, it's a subscription-based uh, app. It has something called superchargers, which integrate with other applications, including Shock and Awe, Evernote, and also Todoist and Asana and, and others. So the cool thing is if I get an important email from a client or a, a, a blog email that has great content I want to save, I don't have to go anywhere. Straight from Newton, there's a button where you, uh, you'd initially create the integrations like with Evernote or Todoist, and then from there... I can capture an email into Evernote and tag it along with adding any other notes I would like straight through Newton. So I'm not switching apps. I'm not forwarding the email, although sometimes I'll forward an email into Evernote. But in general, you're, you're absolutely right. When you have tools that talk to each other, it makes for a beautiful workflow. So I'll use Newton. I'll capture. I do it every day. Every single day, I will capture uh, emails from from Newton straight into Evernote and tag it. And then I'll also use the Evernote email address when I'm sending basically any email out. I'm copying my Evernote email address so that email is also captured in Evernote. And then like you mentioned with iOS, for example, most any app where 
you might be dealing with attachments or content, there's a little rectangular box with an up arrow. And when you press that, you can choose different apps to send that information to. So Evernote's one of them. I use that all the time. You can do that from the Safari browser. You can capture a web page straight into Evernote uh, just by clicking that. And you could see other apps that you might need or want to share it with. But as far as Evernote goes, I use that every day and you can drag that icon to be the the first option. And um, therefore, when you're looking at attachments or web pages or anything like that, you can save it straight into Evernote through your iOS device, which I use that all the time too and teach that in the course because it's super useful. Anytime you're doing research yeah. on the go or, or whatnot, having a tools that bring these workflows together uh, just creates so much space and and uh, gives you a lot more control of being in charge of meeting your goals and um, having satisfaction. You have a system you trust that's always there for you. Yeah, I'm a big uh, believer in just the whole integration part. So I'm glad you brought up Newton because it's really well integrated. And when I saw Newton first come out, being so well integrated, I was like, oh man, I maybe should switch over at some point because this is pretty good. <laughs> and I know Mike likes it. You know, he says it's, you know, like like it is a little bit pricey, but if you do save a lot of time, I think it's definitely worth it. One other thing that I find, this is kind of related, but one feature of Evernote that I just cannot live without is the web clipper because I use this oh, yeah. all the time. Like I'm a web clipper abuser. I literally <laughs> just clip, 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 clip everything that I want to keep. Like whether that's an interesting article so one question we get asked all the time is like, what do you do with articles you save in Evernote? Like, how do you use it in junction with uh, something like Instapaper or Pockets? And my answer to that is most stuff I actually put into Pocket that I just want to read later. So it's like interesting materials on the plane or if I just sit on the couch or something like that. But uh, if I want to use something and really reference it, if I want to use something that is say, okay, I want to study this, I want to say reference this later for marketing purposes or just studying it a really dive deeper, then I'll put it into Evernote. And I do that because sometimes websites go down. Sometimes information is not accessible anymore in the future. And so I find that if you put it into Evernote, knowing that you really want to reference this, this is not just for leisure reading or just studying, but really want to reference it, study it on a deeper level, then I put it into Evernote and just keep it there. So I'm curious, how do you use the web clipper and just articles you want to read later in general? You bet. And um, of course, there's situations where I might choose a, a different tool. But in this scenario, it, it always goes into Evernote. I don't use um, Pocket or, or other tools like that. Um, different scenarios I, I might. But uh, yeah, so I will capture it in Evernote with the Web Clipper. I also use Skitch. It's a, a product for Mac and iOS that Evernote makes for capturing content. That's yet another tool I'm using every single day. So with the Web Clipper, for example, if there's a great blog post on productivity or you know something that, that I want access to in the future, doing any type of research, uh, I'll, I'll use the Web Clipper. I will tag it right there with um, you know whatever the appropriate tags are for what I'm looking at. Then like if it's something I want to circle back on later, um, A, you could just use a built-in Evernote reminder. Um, B, you could capture it there and then add in uh, OmniFocus or Todoist to go back and you that's where you drop a link in to get straight back to that article. But 
that that's something I I use every day, and I just try to keep the ecosystem as uh, Evernote centric as possible, so I don't have to remember this type of content is in this tool versus that. Now, of course, that still happens. Like for for password management, I use one password. For that with my team, I'm using LastPass. So there's still situations where you're not putting everything in the same place. But what I would say is if that little, we're going back to that little bell in your head where you're like, I might need this in the future, or I find this really interesting, or this is my flight confirmation. That's when you just capture it right there and then tag it with the appropriate tag. And if a reminder is necessary, then great. And if I'm on the go and just don't even have time to uh, manually add a task like that. Um, I'll just set a reminder on my phone, remind me in two hours to go back to that article and read it. Charles, this has been amazing. This has been jammed packed with content. This is just so much. And I'm sure all the listeners are going to be enjoying this and implementing this. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, man, my, my pleasure. I, um, I get excited about this stuff and, uh, to, to think there's a glimmer uh, of chance that I would redirect Tan's uh, Evernote to use tags, that's that's kind of a fun concept. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep you posted about that because I'm going to have to re-listen to this again so I can like take notes myself because I was just so engaged listening to you and, and, and just thinking through in my head like, oh, this could be so much better. I can like visualize how I will use it differently now. So I really appreciate you everything sharing. Uh, just talking about Evernote, and we could talk about forever about Evernote. We're just literally just scratch the surface. We could talk about Sketch. We could talk about going paperless. We could talk about OCRing stuff. We could talk about like Evernote business. You know, maybe we should just have you on in a future episode where we can talk even more about that stuff. But um, this has just been the service, you know. Like, guys, if you love this stuff, well, I want to tell you a little bit about this training we're going to be doing together. So if you want to learn more about Evernote and then definitely join us on this live training Charles and I will be hosting together this upcoming week. So we're going to show you exactly step-by-step how to set it up, how to use Evernote. We're going to dive into the mechanics of how to use it, organize it, tags, and all that stuff like we talked about today and go even deeper into it. So if you love this content today, you're going to love this live training. And best of all, it's free, guys. There's nothing you got to pay for, no credit card down or anything like that. Just join us for a live fun session where you're going to learn from Charles and myself how to set up Evernote, use it to its best ability. All you have to do is just go to this one link. It's going to be in the show notes as well. But if you want to go now, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash Evernote. So I'm going to repeat it one more time. Go to theproductivityshow.com slash Evernote. Sign up right there and uh, you're going to be locked in because we only have a limited amount of spots available so make sure you claim your spot right away as you listen to this and uh, if you happen to listen to this at a later time uh, you can still go to that link and uh, grab some free Evernote stuff that we're going to have on there and we're going to give that stuff away for everybody that signs up as well and we even might have a recording available to you so definitely subscribe today and get your Evernote fix right there yeah we'll, we'll cover the big why why this topic actually matters so much to you being able to meet your goals, both personally and professionally. Um, we're going to cover all the the core elements and features of Evernote. So that will be useful for people who are a little newer to it. And then as we cover those topics, we'll be wrapping around some of these higher level integrations 
and uh, showing you uh, right there. So it's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we've done this training one time before and it was a huge, huge success. Like we stayed on for like two hours. One thing that impressed me the most was the Q&A session. Just the questions that got asked, not only the quality of questions, but the number of questions. I remember Charles just staying on for like an extra hour, just answering questions, just going on and on and on. You know, we were just geeking out about Evernote the whole time. So I would love to have you there. And uh, like I said, go to theproductivityshow.com slash Evernote. And uh, you can find all the links to everything we discussed today in the show notes as well. Just go to theproductivityshow.com slash 141. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next Productive Monday.